This episode contains themes of sexual and physical violence. Listener discretion is advised. A professional wrestler, or luchadores, and a stethoscope don't have much in common at first glance. But for more than 40 elderly women in central Mexico, this combination proved deadly. Welcome to Murder and Mayhem with Madeline. I'm your host, Madeline, and this is the case of Juana Barraza, also known as La Mata Viejitas, or the Little Old Lady Killer. On December 27, 1957, Juana Dayanara Barraza's Imperio was born in Hildago, Mexico, to an alcoholic sex worker and a police officer. Soon after her birth, her mother divorced her father and entered into a relationship with her stepfather. This man ended up being the strongest father figure for Barraza. Barraza had a terrible relationship with her mother, birth father, and father figure, and she never learned how to read. At the age of 12, Barraza's mother trafficked her to a man named Jose Lugo. For the next four years, Lugo abused Barraza, and Lugo ended up getting her pregnant when she was 13 and 16. Both pregnancies ended in miscarriage. Her mother died of psoriasis, and after this, Juana moved to Mexico City. While she was there, she entered into several marriages and ended up having four children. Her eldest son was later killed in a gang-related shooting. After holding a variety of jobs, Barraza became a luchadores, or a master wrestler. She was good enough to tour around central Mexico under the name La Dama del Silencio, or the Lady of Silence. She chose this because she felt it related to her personality, a shy, introverted woman. With these fights, Barraza was able to make around 400 pesos per fight. This was not enough to support her children, however, and in 1995, cash flow was running out. Barraza by then had four children and needed to support them. She entered a life of crime by first stealing small items from shops and later burglarizing different homes. In 1996, Barraza met a friend named Araceli Tapia Martinez, and the two created a plan to steal from elderly citizens. The woman dressed up in white, nurse-style clothing and went door-to-door of the homes of elderly people who lived alone. Under their guise, they gained the trust of the venerable folks as well as access to their home. Upon this, they would proceed to rob the houses. However, Martinez was in a relationship with a corrupt police officer and while he knew what was going on, he only threatened to arrest Barretza, unless she paid them 12,000 pesos. In lieu of not getting arrested, Barretza obviously paid them the money. But after doing so, Barretza was again launched into an unsavory financial situation. Her poverty was amplified when, in 2000, she retired from being a luchadores, or a masked fighter. Here's when we flash back to around 1998. Police in Mexico City began to notice something unsettling. An abnormal amount of older women were being murdered, brutally. Even though the police denied that there were any connection between the murders, the press began to speculate, as the press does. This created El Mataviejitas, or the Little Old Lady Killer. With the creation of El Mataviejitas came a new widespread fear throughout central Mexico. Before the invention of the serial killer, 
citizens were able to pass off the murders as random and infrequent, but now they were unable to deny the danger that the elderly were in. There was an assumption that the killer was male, hence the introduction of L. The police still refused to entertain the idea that it could be a serial killer and arrested several different people for the murders. Some of these early murders may have been committed by Barazza, but none of them have been linked to her beyond a reasonable doubt. Barazza's first confirmed kill occurred on November 25, 2002. On this day, Barazza entered the apartment of Maria de la Luz González Zanaya. According to Barazza, Maria made comments that were degrading and humiliating, and Barazza became so infuriated that she strangled Maria with her hands. Barazza did not kill again for three months, but it is speculated that she may have been inspired by the stories of El Mataviejitas rather than her inspiring them. Continuing into 2003, the brutal deaths of the elderly increased dramatically. The police finally connected the deaths and admitted that there was a serial killer in November of 2003. A few people came forward as witnesses and stated that they saw a stocky, tall person, maybe male, who had posed as a nurse, a social worker, or a city official to gain access to their homes. More eyewitness accounts rolled in and the police produced two sketches of who they presumed the killer to look like. The sketches were similar, but one had more masculine features and the other more feminine. The photo will be posted on our Instagram page. The police also refused to entertain the idea that the killer could have been a woman, despite witnesses claiming that they saw an androgynous looking female. The police also did not connect the sketches directly to the killer. Instead, the sketches were only deemed as people of interest. Somehow, Barazza had obtained a list of people who were on a government assistance program, and the way she did this is still not known today. This list enabled her to choose women who lived alone and target them as her victims. She also got fake credentials and used them to dupe the woman, claiming that she was sent by the government program to check their vitals. Then, Barazza would strangle them. After they were dead, she would come through their house and find something to take that she deemed important. There seems to be no rhyme or reason to what Barazza took, but there is a theory that she chose items that had some sort of religious significant value. In the middle of 2005, Barazza began a relationship with a taxi driver named Jose Francisco Torres Herrera. He became an accomplice to Barazza and his access to cars allowed Barazza to kill more often and in a wider range of places. She was no longer constrained to killing during the day and could travel practically anywhere she wanted. Most of her victims were older and poor, and due to their lack of standing, their cases were marginalized and not focused on nearly as much as they could have been. But Barazza messed up and unknowingly murdered someone of importance, Carmen Camila Gonzalez Miguel. Carmen was a higher-class, wealthy woman who had a son who was a criminologist. This special connection to law enforcement forced the police to launch a deeper dive into the case of El Mata Viejitas. The police identified the areas that the Mata Viejitas were most active in and monitored them highly. Pamphlets detailing how to stay safe and wary of strangers, as well as the sketches, were distributed to the elderly who lived in the area. The police even went as far as to use elderly women as bait, 
placing them in parks to try and drag the Mataviahitas out of hiding. The police worked with the criminologist to develop a profile of the killer. The profile detailed that the individual would have a confused sexual identity, possibly a transgender individual or a homosexual male. They also predicted that the killer had been abused by some sort of family member, most likely a mother or female figure, as a child. With an increase in patrolling brought an increase of arrests. 49 transgender individuals were arrested for potentially being the Mataviahita, but I suspect them being transgender also played a role in their arrest. In the early 2000s, and even today, there is such a stigma around transgender people that just makes it unlikely that being transgender and potentially connected to the Mataviahitas was the only reason they were arrested. These individuals were fingerprinted, and they were compared to the fingerprints taken at the crime scene, but obviously none of them ever matched, and the people were released from custody. Police efforts were to no avail. They weren't able to get a break in the case, and Baratza was left to kill an estimated number of over 40 women. In 2006, Baratza was seen leaving the scene of a crime. The woman she had murdered had a tenant who was renting a room in her house. When the tenant found the body, she immediately called police, and the police were able to get there as fast as they could. They ended up arresting Baratza as she was leaving the area. When they searched Baratza's home, they found mementos from the crime scenes, as well as clippings from newspapers that had detailed her crimes. It almost seems like that's from a movie or a TV show. When Baratza was captured, she had on her person a briefcase. And in this briefcase, there was a stethoscope, pension papers, and a card that detailed that she was a social worker. Which, surprise surprise, she wasn't. When she was compared to the police sketches, Baratza looked uncannily similar. And since she was a wrestler, her stocky build, tied with her short hair, explained away the thoughts that the Mataviahitas could have been a man. When questioned, Baratza admitted to strangling one singular woman, and credited it to a deep hatred of women stemming from her mother. After being fingerprinted, Baratza was definitively linked to over 10 murders, with 48 inconclusive matches. Baratza also claimed that she was not the only one who committed the murders, but fingerprint evidence disproved this, as hers were the only ones found at the crime scenes. Upon further investigation, her modus operandi was revealed. After gaining access to her victims' homes, she would strangle them and occasionally beat them, typically using some sort of ligature. She preferred to use the stethoscope. She was tried and convicted of 11 murders, and has been sentenced to 259 years in prison. Despite being convicted of only 11, she has been linked to 16, and it is estimated that she has killed over 48 people, with some estimates surpassing up to 50. However, Baratza continues to maintain her claim of innocence, and continues to state that she has only killed one woman, and it wasn't only her. In 2015, Baratza met another inmate, nicknamed Michelangelo, who was serving a 74-year sentence for murder. They got married through Mexico's Bonds and Confinement Program for Prisoners, which basically pretty much mass marries a bunch of different inmates together to make them have bonds and connections in prison, and the two stayed together in 2017. That year, 
Baratza filed for divorce, and the two were separated. Baratza continues to remain in prison today and is 62 years old. This has been the case of the Mata Viejitas, or the Little Old Lady Killer, also known as Juana Baratza. Make sure you tune in next Monday on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, or Breaker to hear the next episode of Season 1, Murderous Maidens. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at Murder and Mayhem with Madeline for every update you'll ever need. Till death do us part, I'm Madeline. Thank you for listening. Thank you.